Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, Aphorism for July 8th. This is a humdinger, and I've been thinking about this since July 6th, trying to, uh, so we'll, we'll give it a try. If someone accuses you of something you once did, say to him, what matters is not what I did in the past, but what I am today. If you have changed, say so. But if the accusation has no merit, the question of change doesn't arise. If your accuser is right, and you still haven't changed as much as you'd like, reply instead, is anyone perfect? And do you think I need your permission to wash my own laundry? To finish that thought, you might say also, I am what I am before my conscience and God. In this way, you won't lower yourself to self-justification or counter-accusations. If, on the other hand, your accuser has been vicious, you might reply, do your own laundry. When I read this, I thought, oh, mamma mia, you know, this is like, this is not how, and in other places he says very different things. You know, this is such a stand up for yourself. You know, don't let other people push you around. Don't be cowed by people's negative opinions of you. Just stand in your own truth and don't apologize. There's no saying, oh, I'm so sorry. Now, this is not the right advice for everyone, but Swami felt it was advice that was worth offering. And there's an interesting aspect here. When we were in the middle of litigation and a, a huge character assassination lawsuit came at Swami Kriyananda. I talk about this in great detail in Lightbearer. But it was he was accused of sexual misconduct. Swami Kriyananda master made him a monk when he was 22 and Swami freely admits that you know the practice of celibacy is not necessarily something that you achieve overnight. And as he put it rarely but it did happen. He was not perfect in his celibacy over the course of whatever 25 years. However, he also said, by the time these accusations come out, by the grace of God, it's not an issue for me anymore. So people wanted him to apologize. They wanted him to sort of fall on his sword and throw himself at the mercy of whatever. Swami's response was, and I'll describe it for you, absolutely not. He said, I'm very proud of the life I've lived. And he said, that was just it. I'm not going to abase myself before people because they think I owe them an explanation. And in the context of Ananda, he said, I've done nothing but give. And I I just don't owe people any justification for my life. And that's where he says, don't lower yourself to the point of self-justification. Self-justification is like, I have to explain to you why I've been trying hard. I have to win your approval. I have to win your sympathy. I have to win your forgiveness for not being perfect. And there's, there is 
there is a place for a genuine apology when an apology is warranted, but there's also too much of a belief that we have to answer to everybody. That's why Swami puts in, I am what I am before my conscience and God. You know, just, I can't be more different than that. There's many, there's other aspects to this too. He also says, let me just uh, get clearly what I mean. Oh yes, once you've changed, if you have changed, the past is the past. And there's, it's not spiritually healthy to define ourselves by things that we know are, are behind us. And it's not spiritually healthy to allow other people to define you by the things that are behind you. Yes, I used to be that way, but I'm not that way anymore. Um, I've, I've had, uh, I, I've, I know I've been in positions of authority in my past lives and given my, my female gender, which I think I've had in a lot of lives, and my renunciate spirit and my leadership. I'm certain I've been the mother superior of a number of convents and I'm not always been. I'm, I'm sure I've not always been a good one, and I know this also because people are inclined to come in and tell me that after great effort they're finally forgiving me for whatever I did, whenever I did it, and I know what they're talking about. And I'm perfectly willing to say, yes, I wasn't always nice, and I'm sorry for that, you know. But I've learned. Just as simple as that. It's not who I am anymore, and you know, I don't mind apologizing because. It's not self-justification. It's just simply saying, what can we do? When a friend and I, who didn't get along at all, uh, both managed to get what Swami thought were credible past life explanations of why we, uh, what we'd done to each other in past lives, which were horrific in both cases. I mean, like super horrific. Um, He... We were using that in order to be more angry at each other. Well, of course, I don't like you because, after all, in the 1700s, you did this to me. Well, in 1356, let me tell you what happened. I mean, that's really the equivalent of what we were doing. And Swamiji sat us both down, and what he said was so obvious. You've changed. Neither of you would ever behave that way because he started by saying, I'm inclined to think that those past stories are true stories. And neither of us had anything to be proud of in those stories. I'm inclined to think they're true, but both of you have changed. You would never behave that way. You've suffered and you've learned. And it's, it's very important to claim your victories. It's very important to stand up straight as Swami modeled for us. You know, I'm proud of my life. The fact that I've stumbled on the way to victory I'm proud of that fact, that I stumbled, I fell, I got up again, and I came to victory. That's cause cause for celebration, not cause for shrinking down. The past lives of all men, as Sri Yukteswar said, are dark with many shames. It's behind all of us. And there's another feature here which is really important. Master made a comment that I didn't understand for a long time. But I finally learned it from experience. He said, don't tell your faults to anyone. He said, be open with God, and you can be open with the Guru, if the Guru is living and you can speak to the Guru. But don't tell your faults to anyone. That's what actually Master said. Because lest in a moment of anger, they use it against you. I mean, that's just being realistic about human nature. Now, that doesn't mean you should be defensive, That doesn't mean you shouldn't be humble. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be honest. 
because um, let me sort of I'll give you a very odd story that I went through, where I I um I was always verbal, but I didn't um I didn't understand that I actually had a very refined visual artistic sense. I just didn't know that I did because I never thought of myself that way because I couldn't draw or paint or anything like that. I was in charge of the publication of the first edition of Swami's book, The Path, and it was my responsibility. And there was the artistic department and a couple of other people who were, we were not always, we didn't always see eye to eye. And I excessively kept telling them that you're going to have to make the design decisions because I'm not good at that. In my idea, I don't know what I was doing, but I, I said that. But then when they started presenting designs to me, I discovered that I could see what was wrong with those designs. I don't think I could have created them, but I could tell what was wrong, and I knew what needed to be changed to be better. But, but one of them particularly, who liked to have power over me, kept dismissing me because, after all, I didn't know anything about design. And I had to think for a while, how did she get the idea that I didn't know anything? Oh, because I told her. It was just as simple as that, that. And when she needed to have power over me, she used my own words. And I learned a really serious lesson there. Don't, don't give bullets to people who might shoot you. And Master said that. Don't tell your faults to anyone. Now, humili- true humility is something else. But I don't need your permission, as Swami says, to do my own laundry. And also I think, Swami, this is a continuation of a few others that came before in terms of Swami giving advice both directions. Don't always be telling people what they ought to do. Why, why should you be telling me? You know, are you, are you my teacher? Are you my guru? Now, if one feels deeply inspired by God and knows that you're speaking truth, but even then in earlier aphorisms I was talking about that. So if so, and if someone is vicious in their accusation, Swami just says, just turn it right back on him. Now, again... This is not the whole story, but it's a very important, often missed part of the story, which is that we should have a little spine. And Swamiji never let anyone push him around, ever. He didn't always fight, but that didn't mean he would give in either. And I mean, I remember once, it was just a small thing, but it was very typical. He was following a particular dietary protocol which required that fruit and vegetables not be mixed. I had you know, been interested in diet at that period of time, and I had studied relatively. I hadn't studied a lot. I had superficial brilliance in it, which is what I was talking about in yesterday's aphorism. But one of my theories was that vegetables and fruit shouldn't be mixed, but apples are an exception. Apples can go with vegetables. So he wanted me to make him some fresh carrot juice, and... I wanted to make him carrot juice with apple in it because I thought the combination was better uh, with both in it. And for some reason, and God knows why, for some reason, I insisted on making him carrot juice with apple. And when I presented it to him, I put it down on the little table, and he was reading. He was reading when I put it down. He allowed me to put it down. He did not look at me. He did not look at the juice. He never looked at it, and he never touched it. He never said a word to me at all, but he just, you know, he just wasn't going to be bullied by me. It was as simple as that. And of course, I never forgot it. It was like, why? Why should he? And it wasn't just because I was just me and he was Swami Kriyananda. 
It was just he wasn't going to be bullied. And that's what Swami's saying here. You know, if somebody's bullying you, stand up to them. And I think that's what he's really talking about. If somebody's trying to get the upper hand by telling you that they're wrong, especially people, oh my gosh, I have a very good friend. He's still a friend. But he just never forgot any offense. You know, I honestly, I think he wrote them down. He did have a good memory, but anytime I did anything wrong, we would go back to the beginning of time. And I would hear all of them. And it was like, really? Why are you doing this? Now, if there's a reason and somebody really needs to, so their motivation is a big part of it. But when they're just trying to bully you, Swami would say, why? And if they're vicious, you just tell them, you know, you see what you are. And who are you to talk to me like that? It's fascinating. There's a story Swami tells, I I believe I put it in Light Bearer, in which he... He, had an, um, he was on a train in India, and one of the senior monastics, this woman, who had been on the path many years longer than Swamiji, but in, in the position in the organization, Swami, they were equal. But nonetheless, she was still by everyone considered to be a senior. She was a little bit rude, and Swami was wanted to take a picture from the certain position of the open doorway of the train. And she also wanted to take a picture from that position. And uh, she didn't speak to him. She just tried to push him aside. And Swami just planted himself and would not move. And she kept trying to move him aside, and he absolutely would not move. He didn't look at her. He didn't speak to her. He just would not give in. And um, later I said, Sir, how did, you have, how did you have the nerve? You were so junior. First he said, no, I wasn't. We were equal in terms of our position. But then he just said very simply, nobody treats me that way. I mean, Swami was the soul of ahimsa, of kindness, of consideration. But nobody treats me that way. From childhood, nobody treats me that way. He would allow himself to be almost beaten to a pulp rather than given to a bully. He just wouldn't do it. It's just not dharma. And where there's dharma, there's victory. So... I don't know. I hope that helps. I'm going to read this one again so we can all think about it. My birthday is July 9th. Thank God it's not on my birthday. July 8th. If someone accuses you of something you once did, say to him, what matters is not what I did in the past, but what I am today. If you have changed, say so. But if the accusation has no merit, the question of change doesn't arise. If your accuser is right and you still haven't changed as much as you'd like, reply instead, is anyone perfect? And do you think I need your permission to wash my own laundry? To finish that thought, you might also say, I am what I am before my conscience in God. In this way, you won't lower yourself to self-justification or counter-accusation. If, on the other hand, your accuser has been vicious, you might reply, Do your own laundry. God bless you. (laughs) Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.